bring to order uh, the uh, Petaluma Municipal Airport Commission, Thursday, December 6th. Um, call roll. Ashton? Here. Debnar? Here. Frost? Harris? Here. McGaw? Here. McDonald? Here. Winter? Okay. Uh, do approval of uh, the last meeting's units. Do I have motion? So moved. Second. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Um, oh, we do. Okay. Uh, public comment. Uh, we can hear. Do I have to read this? Yes. Okay. Technically. Uh, the commission will hear public comments only on matters uh, of which are in, in its jurisdiction. There will be no commission discussion or action. The chair will allot no more than three minutes to an individual. If more than three persons wish to speak, their time will be allotted so that the total amount of time allocated to this agenda item will be 15 minutes. Uh, we have uh, one speaker, uh, Don Smith. Is it your own agenda item? Oh, it's a new business. Uh, Don Smith, um, 24 Raymond Heights, Petaluma. Mr. Chairman, members of the commission. Uh, the only thing I want to speak about, which I wasn't here for, I was in Mexico for some reason, uh, was the uh, fly-in for the Veterans Day. Got to hold that. And um, okay. which is on uh, your agenda. We can we can hold that until okay, we, until yeah, we hit right, that item. Yeah. Uh, we'll call you back up. Okay. Um, Bob, any correspondence? Uh, Mr. Vice Chairman, I have no correspondence. Okay. No old business that we need to bring up. Guess not. <clears throat> okay. New business. <coughs> um, Bob, you want to? It's started off uh, relative to this uh, Veterans Day fly-in? Um, for the Veterans Day fly-in, which um, happened on the 12th, I believe, uh, we had um, ten, approximately 10 uh, vintage warbirds come in and spend from Friday to uh, Sunday. They flew over the Alameda uh, dedication ceremony on Saturday and then they flew over the Veterans Day parade on Sunday. Um, it was nice to see all the warbirds in town. Uh, we enjoyed some nice fuel sales from those uh, warbirds, but I believe we brought up a few issues that uh, some of the commissioners who were there that day would like to discuss and how we can um, enhance these in the future as far as uh, safety issues. Uh, briefly in front of you is a staff report that kind of describes what happened that day and um, where I think we need to um, review some of the procedures and the difference between a fly-in and an event of this kind. Okay. Do you want to read read this or you want me to read it? Yeah, you can read it. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, there's what we got here is Exhibit 6A. Uh, Kent uh, Carlo Mongo. 
organize the fly flyover for the Veterans Day Parade again this year. Mr. Carlo Mongo did not apply for an event permit through the airport commission. Any group of aircraft can land and park on the ramp at the airport, but public access is not permitted without supervision of the pilot or receive approval through the permit process. Friday, November 9th through Sunday, November 12th, 10 or more aircraft participated in the flyover associated with the Alameda ceremony and the Petaluma Veterans Day Parade. The following are observations made during this event. The fly-in brought many visitors to the airport. Fuel sales for these vintage aircraft were substantial. The two-niner diner experienced an extremely busy weekend. Kent provided little crowd control at the gate. No crowd control was provided on the ramp. There were up to four volunteers guiding aircraft. There were five complaints of, air, of planes flying too low and out of the normal pattern. A DC-4, and for those who are listening or watching, a DC-4 is a very large four-engine aircraft with uh, a wingspan of 100 feet uh, and is a massive aircraft. Uh, and it's one that we don't see at the airport for various reasons. Uh, so that aircraft uh, was part of the display and exceeded the gross weight allowed on the runway and taxiways. On Sunday, the area designated for the Warbirds to group was too close to the downwind entry for runway 11. Uh, <clears throat> I guess the best way to explain that to the uninitiated would be as aircraft take off from the runway, they have to make uh, a prescribed turn in a direction and altitude. The wind direction at that time those aircraft in danger of the aircraft that were the warbirds that were assembling for the flight over Petaluma. Uh, there seemed to have been no real control by Kent and his um, aircraft pilots. On Sunday, the area designated, uh, oh, I already read that. That's what I just said. I'm sorry. Uh, the staff is recommending the Airport Commission provide guidelines for the promote, promoter of any large-scale fly-in for crowd control, aircraft movement, and noise abatement procedures for the Petaluma Airport. I guess what I would like to kind of say first was I was one of the volunteers who did traffic control basically of the movement of airplanes on the ramp when uh, they gathered to take off and uh, when they returned back from either the Saturday flight or the Sunday flight. These aircraft are much bigger than the standard aircraft at the at the field and it takes a fair amount of understanding of what their turn radius is and how they can possibly maneuver and obviously because we had a lot of people on the ramp public people who really shouldn't have been on the ramp itself and I had a problem with trying to control them 
and control the uh, taxiing of the aircraft. It was a very busy weekend and it was extremely stressful for me and I'm pretty well used to moving aircraft around by hand controls, uh, hand signals to the pilot and telling him where I want him to go. But this was a really a tough weekend. Secondly, because there was no security at the, at the gate, we had a large number of people out on the uh, run-up area and taxiways, I should say on the taxiways, not the run-up area, the taxiways that were in danger if they stayed where they were. I had a hard time corralling them and getting them to move, almost to the point of saying it was as bad as herding cats. It's something that we want. I mean, I, I, I think Kent did a, a good job of assembling this along with his other staff people. But the airport had absolutely no idea what was going to happen. We had no idea the size of the aircraft or the number, which made it very difficult uh, because everything had to be handled as a oh, here comes an airplane, where are we going to put them? Because it's a large aircraft and we're not used to this. So I personally would like to see procedures put in place very quickly that can be reviewed by staff after, uh, after whatever project team is put together to put something. But it is seriously needed uh, because there, there was a lot of possibility for air and possible uh, damage to other people, other aircraft, uh, and we just weren't really set up for it. Um, so that's kind of my overall comments. Bob, do you have anything that you'd like to add? I, I think the volunteers who were out there those several days did a marvelous job of directing what traffic was there. The trouble is there weren't enough of them. I mean, an event that size needs uh, more control than what we had. Uh, we were unaware of how many were coming and really kind of the size of them. So I think in the future we need to kind of define that. I think we had a question. Uh, yeah, if I have a question if I may. <coughs> so uh, just procedurally, if if we came up with additional procedures from this hearing that was passed with the council and staff, um, you know, approved them and everything, um, what is the difference between what should have been done? Because it says a a permit should an event permit should have been obtained but wasn't. And if we come up with procedures, since they uh, didn't do an, a permit, can they just not do the procedures? I'm just trying to figure out what would we gain from procedures versus what would have been an event permit um, if they're going to not get it anyway. We do have a process for an event at the airport, and they address the airport commission with uh, what kind of planes are coming, um, who will be in charge of security, uh, how will they control the gate, how will they control airport movement, and any uh, liability issues. Um, in this case, a permit was not sought after, and it was just strictly sold as an event, not an event, a fly-in, which is perfectly legal. And, but this was beyond just planes flying in and flying out. It was, uh, the public was. Um, so 
So even if a person didn't get a permit, we could put procedures in place for even categories that they deem as just flyover. So it would be triggered, the procedures would be triggered. Because a person, if they're not going to get a permit, they could avoid following procedures as well they, if they're going to be that type of person not to follow procedures. Yep. Any group of planes or plane can fly in and park and then fly, fly away or fly around. I think what should be the trigger is the size of the planes and the amount of planes and what they plan to do. Um, and also, I think, Mike, the uh, critical point here um, for I know Joe, because Joe, having been in the Air Force, is trained to marshal aircraft. And I know John Ebert was part-time employee at the airport at the time. He volunteered and a few others uh, on their own volition, as near I understand. And the trigger in the past has been when the public is allowed on the ramp area inside the gate. Um, now an individual pilot can take family, friends, passengers and take them to their aircraft and they can go fly. They're under supervision. The issue here was that many people were not under supervision. They came through the gate. And we had automobiles for photo opportunities, which were lovely, and the girls in the automobiles were lovely too, but they were right at the gas pump island. And the airport is open and functioning. And should a pilot fly in or be a resident tenant and need to buy fuel, they couldn't have gotten to the gas pump. They were blocking access to the gas pump, and people were there unsupervised. Joe was ha and John did everything they could just to try to handle the aircraft. And with people wandering around who don't understand the types of potential dangers to civilians walking on an airport when aircraft are moving. The airport's open, we can't shut it down. That's what the permit process is for, so we know what the security is, how we're going to handle crowd control, where the aircraft are going to be, how many there are, and I realize that there are logistics with that. At the last minute, another airplane might come in. Fine, but who is it? How big? Where are we going to put it? The issue with heavy aircraft is our runway, our ramp, and our tie-down areas are only designed to handle aircraft of a certain weight. And the DC-4 significantly exceeded that weight. I love the aircraft. The first airplane I ever flew on as a little kid. But this bigger than our airport is designed to handle. And we were fortunate it was a cool, cold day. If it had been a hot August day, or maybe September around here, I'm not sure what would have happened to the asphalt paving in the taxiways and on the ramp area. And if it had been damaged, who's going to pay for that? There was no liability. That's part of the permitting process. So we have all of that in place. And we don't want to restrict anybody, but we can't have really large aircraft flying into our airport. It's not designed to handle it. So that's the, pro that's the permit process, and that's the trigger. A bunch of like-minded pilots can come in, fly, have breakfast, do whatever, fly around sightseeing. Great, no problem. No crowd on the ramp, no nothing. When Joe coordinates our PAPA monthly display days in the spring and summer, um, we've got it roped off. We've got it controlled for public. They can't go out past the yellow, yellow barriers we've got set up. We've got people there to marshal them through, to take them around and supervise them and walk with them at times, telling them about the aircraft. The whole tie-down area is roped off so that people can't get outside the secured area. That's the key. And personally, I think the airport was at a potential liability, and hence the city, with people, as Joe mentioned, having to herd the cats, you know, I mean, they're interested. They love airplanes. They want to see them. That's great. We don't want to restrict that. But it can't be just, hey, go wherever. That's not safe. And the airport 
and the city are at risk when we do that. Nothing happened, thank God, but you never know. So that's why the permit, that's why the proper planning is required, and the event, as I recall, when Kent came and spoke to us about it, was presented to us as a fly-in only, no public access. And that isn't what we got. And personally, I know most of us on the commission felt that the event was misrepresented. And I appreciate the effort that Kent went to to bring all these warbirds and fantastic airplanes to the city to pay tribute to our veterans, both ground-based and aviation-based, um, throughout our, our history. Um, and I've had a number of comments from Petaluma citizens who've said they really enjoyed the aircraft. And that's great, but our own airport commission chair was cut off in the pattern by the DC-4. He was flying his pattern, she didn't know he was there, didn't announce, and the next thing he, she hears is a pilot berating her for cutting him off. And what, where are you, what, what's going on? She didn't know. She knew the fly-in was going, but not that a DC-4 was where she needed to be on her landing approach. So the the proper traffic pattern flow around the city like we used to do with penny a pound. Every pilot was brief. They had an outline of the flight route. We knew where to be, when to be, what altitude. Spacing was a certain distance apart. How to enter the landing pattern properly to fit the other flow of aircraft coming into the area. None of that was there. Maybe the route of flight was, but not how to mix with different types of aircraft. And we've got DC-4s, heavy-duty warbirds that weigh many thousands of pounds with light aircraft that are a couple of thousand pounds, the air speeds are different, the uh, maneuverability is different. It's just a different mix and it all has to be planned out. And from what we saw, that isn't what we saw in action. And so I personally was, as you can tell, um, a little upset that that whole process was misrepresented to us. And um, that's the purpose of why we, we need to uh, get this rectified. Because Thank you. Uh, that's very helpful. Too risky, and everything. Too risky for the airport and the city. And the people involved, be they pilots or civilians, coming in to see airplanes. Because we can do that. We know how to do that. And if we'd known that, it could have been managed. But that is not the way it was represented to us. And that's not right. Thank you. That's helpful. Maybe we need to hear from Smith. Thank you, sir. Yes, um, I'd like to to open with a uh, a big thank you to all my family members um, who have served this country um, in various branches of the military, going clear back to uh, World War II, and I got about ten ten family members here that that um, have represented this country. I just want to thank a couple of them that that right here from Petaluma, my um, niece Cheryl Thorson Wilholt who's active Marines. She has served uh, three tours, starting in Kuwait. She's been to Iraq, and most recently to Afghanistan. And my um, nephew, Sean, Sean Thorson, um, her brother, who's a Navy, and of all places, he was in Afghanistan, on boots on the ground, and he's in the Navy. So for me, the, the parade is very important. This is our way, this town's uh, method means to say thank you to those uh, family members, friends, and colleagues that have uh, served. And um, we're pretty fortunate to have the parade here in town. And as a part of that, this flyover has become a part of the parade. 
Now, as we know, at that time of year, um, the weather can be quite questionable. Last year, for example, it was raining and foggy and misting, and perhaps only a couple of aircraft were flying. This, this past uh, event, the weather was gorgeous, as we all remember. It was absolutely stellar day. And so we had a, a huge turnout and also happened to fall on a weekend, which was conducive for the participating aircraft to fly in, good weather. Uh, the aircraft that do fly in and participate in this event are typically um, not instrument rated type of aircraft, so they need the good weather to fly in and participate. Also, the federal aviation regulations have standards as to how, fly, how high or low, however you want to look at it, we can fly over town, how, f how far the aircraft need to be from the clouds and whatnot. So this year turned out to be absolutely fantastic. The parade is, is an important part. I would hate to see the flyover event tarnish this event as a whole. This, this is a part of the event, it's, it's not the event. And what I saw this past event um, really puts the um, airport at risk, the public safety um, is an issue there, and that, that, has to be, that has to be dealt with. And unfortunately, there was far too few volunteers at this event to handle this. Now, I, I once again have been at this airport um, for 30 some years, this facility and the old Sky Ranch facility, and any time we have any kind of event, the, the person sponsoring that event, so to speak, comes before this commission, lays, a, lays out a plan as to what they're going to do, who's going to do it, how it's going to get done. This, this body looks at it, says okay, or, or we suggest that you have this available or that because we don't see any contingencies for that. So essentially this, this event, I'm going to call it an event because it was, started on Friday when these aircraft started to arrive. And as soon as they started arriving, I was at the airport Friday, Saturday, and part of Sunday. So as soon as they started to arriving, the general public was immediately out to the airport because they hear these aircraft, they have distinctive sound to them, so people know, they see them, and word spreads quite fast that, hey, there's a bunch of very interesting aircraft out at the airport. Let's go out and look. And starting on Friday, we had people coming out the airport to gain access onto the airport operations area, which is the non-public side of the airport. There's essentially one gate right in front of the terminal that this was being accessed by. And throughout the event, that being Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in my mind, there was a person at the gate, sometimes, sometimes not. And I know sometimes not because I happened to stand at that gate for about a half an hour because the gate was empty and I was asked by Mr. Patterson to stand by the gate, monitor it. I just happened to be there. So starting on Friday, we had essentially a free-for-all onto the ramp, which is unacceptable. We're all very aware of the, the model actress that recently was struck by a mover propeller. She was not a pilot, and this, didn't hap this did not happen at Petaluma. This happened elsewhere. But there was a layperson around an airplane with a moving propeller, and there was an incident. 
And so it is entirely possible, of course, that you know, such a thing could take place. It's a horrendous incident. There's no reason for it whatsoever. And you need people, you need boots on the ground, so to speak, to do the marshalling. The, the people putting this event on did not have enough bodies to cover this event. That it all gets kind of back to that. And as Commissioner McGaugh said, it was like we were kind of a little bit misled here. And once again, we had a ton of traffic, uh, fly-in traffic, aircraft participating due to the good weather. And again, due to the good weather, the public turned out in droves. There was a lot of people wanting access. A number of people, what we call um, piggybacked through the gate. The gate was a secure gate, and piggybacking is what that means as the gate opens. You get right on the bumper of the car that has accessed the gate, and you drive through. That's called piggybacking. And that is not acceptable. It did happen. I know it to happen for a fact because I went out to one gentleman's truck that happened to be parked on the ramp. I asked him what he's doing here. He said, I'm taking photos. I said, who, who let you in here? I drove in. Do you have an airplane here? No, I do not. Do you know someone that has an airplane here? No, I do not. What are you doing here? I'm taking photos. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> you do not belong here. I'm sorry. Started up his truck and left. So it was just a free-for-all in that regard. So you have lay people on the ramp. It's an active ramp. And this creates a, a dangerous scenario. So that started on Friday. That started on Friday. And then Saturday, if it wasn't for Mr. Debner and Mr. John Elbert, Joe, of course, on, on this commission, Mr. Elbert, part-time employee who was not on the city's clock on Saturday, if it wasn't for these two gentlemen, they would have had no control over the ramp whatsoever. There was no one doing any marshalling. Who else was helping? There was Rich, another part-time city employee at the airport, was helping. Mr. Patterson was there on his day off. Um, Ms. Bacher was there at some point throughout the weekend helping. So essentially you had the entire airport staff helping not on the, and Kyle Bassignani, he was on the clock at the time, as the weekend. You had the entire airport staff doing the grunt work or the leg work, the f boots on the ground work for this event, which is, I think, uncalled for. Now, if these people were asked to and said willingly, I will participate during that weekend, that's one thing. But to be pressed into service, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. And if it wasn't for Mr. Debner and Mr. Elbert marshalling these aircraft, what, 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 who's going to do it? They didn't have anybody to do it. And then we had a couple of uh, situations where we needed tow bars. We needed battery carts because we had aircraft that needed to be repositioned to the fuel island. There was no provisions to do that. So one of the um, maintenance facilities on the field was pressed into service to bring down tow bar and a tug to move aircraft. This facility was also pressed into service to provide a battery cart to start one of the P-51s that had come onto the field. 
So there was no contingency for what happens when something breaks down. Who's going to take care of this stuff? So this is all a part of the process when a person comes before the commission and says, hey, this is what we want to do. We say, hey, do you have this, this, this to cover for this situation? Was it provided? No, it was not provided. So Saturday was just like craziness because as Mr. McGaw already mentioned, we had cars on the ramp, there was a photo op going on with a bunch of calendar girls and a bunch of veterans. That was excellent, but there was, again, it was a free-for-all. And then there shortly after, there was an event at the USS Hornet in Alameda, which a group of these aircraft, approximately 15, there was between 15 and 20 participating aircraft at any given time at the airport. A good number of those aircraft took off, left, went to Alameda for their particular event at the Hornet, flew around, came back to Petaluma, and again, who was doing the marshalling, who was making sure the ramp was clear. It was this gentleman right here, Mr. Debner, that literally cleared the ramp of everybody that had no business being on that ramp. And he went so far as, and kudos to you, to clear all the pilots <laughs> of the airport that technically they could have been there, but it was like, no, I want everybody off this ramp. There's way too many people. We don't know who's with whom. Please clear the ramp so we can start up all these aircraft. And the thing of it is, once you start a couple of these aircraft, there's such a noise that verbal communication is non-existent. So I can't just say, hey, <laughs> let's, let's get out of the way. So, and you know, we're trying to fire up an, air, an aircraft. This, this becomes a, a, a big problem. So Saturday, if it wasn't for Mr. Debner and Mr. Elbert, I think it would have been a, a fiasco uh, beyond what it was. And then we had Sunday, the actual event <laughs> for the flyover at the parade. Well, this was an event because they did have a pilot briefing, which they used the terminal building for that briefing. Let's get into the terminal building, talk about what we're going to do. And as we've already heard, the form up, as they would call it, um, on the downwind was ill-advised. Whoever thought of that was, you know, that was ridiculous. You're in an active traffic pattern, you're having the form up for the formations to do the flyby. That's, that's ludicrous. The, the pattern is not the place to form up your aircraft. That is, that is not the place to form up for a formation flight in the pattern. Anywhere near the pattern, for that matter. That's ill-advised. We happened to be using runway 11 that day, so that pre presented somewhat of a logistical um, part for the fly-in that was not taken into con consideration. Again, things not taken into consideration. We've, there's a number of us that have been around the airport for long enough that have the background that can provide a, you know commentary on these things to make sure that we don't have these sort of situations because it's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And then, again, they had a pilot meeting in the terminal building. Was anybody here present? No. So the eye was. Okay, you were. Was was you know this? So a, a real quick comment yes. on that. The the area that was used on Sunday for forming up the aircraft was was never even mentioned. It was. The winds were shifting. Uh, I had told Kent that I would tell him which runway 
they needed to use. But I never thought that what was going to happen was he was going to marshal at the uh, one one end of the airport. Um, it was always anticipated that they were going to fly to the northwest or northeast uh, up over a lake, the same spot that they were they were uh, using on Saturday. So even with the pilot briefing, my reminder that they had to be at 800 feet minimum before they could make a proper turn, uh, the marshalling ended up at the opposite end that the pilot brief was done. So we got lucky. I'm going to be real honest with you. I was scared to death all weekend. Mr. Albert and I had planned on not even being involved with it on that weekend. We came down on Friday. We saw that it was a total circus and that the only way that we both felt that things could be under control is if we took control. So we did that Friday, we did that Saturday, we did that Sunday. So we gave up our time to do this to keep the airport safe and people safe, which is always my prime objective in anything I do at the airport because it is too easy to get somebody injured if you're not paying attention. We could, I'm going to be real honest, we could, we could go on and on about what was wrong with this. What I want to focus on is not so much other than going through at some point of detailing what was wrong and what needs to be done to fix it. But we don't have the procedures. I mean, that's the, that's the real basis of it because we had never encountered anything like this before. So we didn't, we didn't have an, an issue for it, but we need to make sure that we've got those in place, that we put a, uh, a project team together that ensures that this won't happen again, that we're not uh, trying to kill anybody. Um, and the more I sit here and think about what happened that weekend, it reminds me of how scared I was for the whole weekend. Uh, because the potential for somebody getting hurt was really great. And as, as Mark has indicated, at one point in time, I really got very strong about getting everybody off the ramp. I didn't care if you were a pilot or not. Because <laughs> when you're moving these size of aircraft, in a very small area, which is what we really have for the size of the aircraft that are there. I can't pay attention to the aircraft and worry about people standing around. So the only way that I could feel at least reasonably safe was to get them off the taxiway and, and know that they were behind a fence and I didn't have to worry about them. I only had to worry about me, that aircraft I was controlling, and any of the parked aircraft so I could focus on where my focus needed to be. And that was hard. Yeah, you did, again, you know, you and Mr. Albert did a fantastic job of stepping up and saying, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna do the best we can, <laughs> the two of us and a, a handful of people. Um, and again, it gets back to, I, I think, you know, I hit, I hit just the highlights, I think, of, of the weekend. 
and and where I would like to see this go is is to the operations subcommittee and with reviewing our procedures and policies at the airport and we do have some of this already in place because again we've had multiple events over the years at the airport and there has to be a person that is responsible and and held accountable for such actions and I, I think the committee is the, the place to go to um, at this point yeah. in the past the uh, pilots club has um, coordinated air shows full weekend Saturday Sunday air shows with 10,000 plus people on the airport and it was managed just fine uh, but it's because we had the team in place to do the planning crowd control everything that we've been talking about um, so the procedures are really there but this instance is not been fully addressed since again I felt it was misrepresented so I, I think your idea mark is a good one that we uh, let the operations subcommittee take a look at this come back in um, next meeting or given the holidays maybe the one after because I think it's going to take more than one meeting to go through all this um, and we need to look at our current operating rules and regulations uh, look at where this event might fit or might not fit and see if there's any updating or modification to those rules and uh, what we do going forward so I would say we send this to the committee keep it on as uh, this would be old business so we bring it up next month see how we're doing and we can give a status report or a final report depending that sounds okay to all you guys I don't know do we need a motion for that Bob uh, well we? just before we do that Don was uh, you were up before and I know you wanted to speak so do you want to uh Yes, as I said earlier, I was out of town, uh, but I heard a lot when I got back. And I think one that concerned me more than anything was the non-pilots that are friends of mine who were downtown and watching the parade. And and I admit, big airplanes uh, look like they're a lot lower than they are <laughs> at times. But I had enough people talk to me that I really felt that... Uh, there's some there's some strict rules about your altitude over an assembly, and uh, from everything I've heard, it was it was highly violated. Um, but I'm more concerned about what goes on at the airport. Now, one of the things, and I don't know how familiar you're really with are with this, but you are sitting with an insurance company and an insurance policy that is super fav favorable. Your rates are unbelievably good right now. Uh, when this policy was just renewed this last year, I did talk to your risk manager. In fact, he came to me uh, because there was another company interested. And um, I mentioned the existing company, which I actually I put in there several years ago, uh, is outstanding, very broad coverage. Uh, but you get into a loss on something like this, and, and you're going to find yourself with a big insurance problem but beyond that it, it, it we have a very strong very active pilots association but there's a problem that the person running this apparently is not working with those people whatever because you're not the, the I've seen the email come out asking for help and people were not willing to volunteer 
But there has to be very, very strict rules. You cannot have the public out there walking around on, on, on the ramp when there's aircraft. Uh, the published were at 12,500 pounds on that runway. And my feeling on if a DC-4 shows up, you send him away. He's not even allowed to come in there and land. Uh, I admit we don't have a control tower, so it's not that easy. But I, I personally, my opinion, I, I would have dispatched that airplane and told him to go someplace else. And I know DC-4 is pretty well because I did. I worked on the overhaul on the Berlin airlift aircraft, and they were mainly DC-4s. Uh, but the um, it's just it, it, it's just it, it's not only having controls. Is making sure that they're they're in force and being applied, and one of the first things I would say, you don't even one of the requirements are, is that there's somebody from the FAA at the briefing, which is a required under FAA. You have to have a briefing, like Mark would support that, uh, and um, I I think that. Uh, but yeah, every I think the airport commission needs to know who's doing the flying, what airplanes are going to arrive, and if you don't know who they are when they come, you send them home, and everybody's going to know that from the get-go. You you know that people are qualified to fly the aircraft they're flying. You can always do a check on that. You don't need any cowboys out there. And uh, if anything comes up, I'd be glad to help you with anything or review something on this. Uh, but I've been through this clear back when, when, when they were first having these, and I had a councilman fighting me on the fact that I wanted some rules and regulations in those days, and that's a long time ago. So, uh, yeah, all I can say is what, what I'm hearing tonight is it has to be put into place and not only put into place, but it has to be, somebody has to be there to control it. And if it's not controlled, or the people aren't controllable, you shut it down. And it's that simple. Yeah. Uh, Joe shouldn't have to go through that. I, I remember, <clears throat> and I think it was actually one of the same deals a few years ago when people were coming out. And... Uh, I ended up out there, and Bob Patterson, and the only two of us were out there trying to do a, do crowd control. Yeah, can't do that. And I don't need to do those things. <laughs> so, okay, that's all I have to say. Okay. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate your comments. Um, so, do we need a? Mo uh, uh, I was just going to say that was very passionate by everybody, very very convincing, and I appreciated the historical the historical background. Of course, the after action report of what happened from the weekend. Um, so whatever comes out of this uh, the subcommittee, um, which it sounds like that'll be the next action, is just saying this should go there. Um, please let me know. Obviously, this is my last uh, meeting on the commission before I rotate off. So whatever help you need with that transition between myself and the next council member, I'll be happy to sit down with uh, whomever. So the three of us can sit down so they're briefed on that and then of course when it gets to the council eventually of course I've been briefed on it and so whatever you need as it goes to that please please let me know okay thank you thank you that's good to 
have that continuity at least as we go forward. Is there anything else you want to make? Well, yeah, I just uh, I I think getting back to Mike's point, uh, you know, we can have uh, a, a permit process and everything. Uh, but if somebody doesn't want to abide by that and and does kind of an outlaw deal, like what what happened? Uh, I guess we need to know uh, what what the what we can do to enforce the rules and also what authority um, and who has the authority to make that call, like Don mentioned. Uh, you know, who who can say no, you're not coming in, or no, you have to leave. I think so much of this, I think on a whole, the Warbirds uh, community, um, that being the, the, the owners of these aircraft, they are very keen to playing by the rules, so to speak. The, the, the operators of these aircraft are, are not looking to go out and, and violate the uh, Federal Aviation Regulations. They are not looking to go out to um, cause undue noise, so to speak, um, intentionally. These, these folks are you know, proud of their aircraft. They bring them out to the public so they can see them. The owners enjoy speaking with the the public when when there's a um, provisions to do so, right? So I think it it kind of rolls from the top down here, in that you have a, a leader, so to speak, the the person that's in charge, say, okay, this is the way it's going to be, and for the most part, most pilots, that's what they're going to do. They're going to follow the rules. The FARs, the Federal Aviation Regulations, by their nature, are set up to be um, self-guiding. <laughs> the the FAA is not out there policing what actually takes place. The people operating within the system are doing the policing on themselves. It's it's a self-policing um, regulations when it comes right down to it. Mr. S Smith spoke to. I wasn't going to mention it, but I, I will since it is brought up. Mr. Smith spoke to the fact that um, perhaps there were some aircraft flying too low. I think I could certainly attest to that, being that as a professional pilot flying five, six days a week, kind of have a basic idea of how high an aircraft is when it flies over. I said I was at the uh, event partially on Sunday because about, I don't know, around noon or so, um, I had to leave to go to my daughter's play um, at Casa Grande High School. And the play came to a complete stop, complete stop. We could not, in the audience, hear the actors on the stage as the aircraft flew over. And I'm thinking, oh shoot, <laughs> and a few other things. <laughs> as all these actors, these high school kids, come to a grinding stop because in the audience cannot hear them. And they're not any further from here to where you folks are sitting. Because it was so loud. And had there been proper planning, and proper altitudes flown, that wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened. The, the, the teacher of, of the drama department got up and went outside to find out what the devil's going on. And so as, as actors tend to do, the show must go on. So they all raised their voices so that we could hear them. 
right? They carried on. But there was no need for that. that that's uncalled for. And I am always preaching, if you will, to pilots, our local pilots, transient pilots, in other words, pilots that come in to use our airport, follow our noise abatement procedures. And we have a sign at both, of the, both ends of the runway that says, fly neighborly. There's a, a set of procedures on that, on that board that you know, gives guidance as to how to limit your noise footprint for, for the people that live near the airport. And there was no procedures being flown because I'm sure it's like, okay, we're just going to do whatever because there wasn't a, someone saying, laying down the law, look, folks, we have neighbors literally across the street. You can throw a basketball at all these folks' house. That's how close they are. We need to comply with this. It's great that you're here, but please help us comply with that. So that has to be a part of it. Absolutely has to be a part. Thank you. Bob, uh, just a, point, a question of, of order. Um, if we basically have the uh, uh, operations subcommittee take a look at this, do we need a motion to do that? Or can we just say, let's all agree to sort of table it and move it to the operations committee? Is, is that appropriate, or do we need a motion to do that? I don't think you need a motion. I think you just table it uh, okay. pending, <coughs> excuse me, uh, further discussion by the subcommittee and, and be brought back for the agenda okay. next period or whenever they feel appropriate. Because yeah. I want to see this continue. I mean, this is great for the city, great for the airport. We just need to make sure we manage it right. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't see any reason to stop it. We just need to do it under a more controlled environment and uh, make it safe for everybody, uh, which I think is doable. We just need to put the procedures in place and uh, make I'm sorry to say, make you the first contact <laughs> of anything, but that basically they're going to have to, as we've discussed, are going to have to bring their project here to explain to us what it is. I, I just want to add as well um, that I want to see this event go forward as well. You know, but again, with with procedures and policies in place that we do our best um, to ensure the safety of, of the public. And as my last comments, that um, we do it in a neighborly fashion. Okay. So I, um, I think it's on record we will have uh, the Operations Committee take this up uh, and can't guarantee that it, by the next meeting but at least by the meeting after that, uh, we will have at least a draft to bring back uh, to the board to take a look at and uh, discuss further. Okay, moving on. Uh, <laughs> there is nothing for uh, reports on the operations. Yeah, there is. Oh, there is. Census. The what? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Very quickly on the expenses, uh, you got Bob's uh, as usual accurate uh, monthly report. Um, just as a note, um, I don't know if you have the um, uh, October spreadsheet numbers. Um, Bob sent that to me yesterday. He got those a little bit late, but uh, I got them, and it shows a, a deficit, and that's largely because we paid. Uh, a large portion of our overhead expenses to City Hall 
um, in October. Um, our surplus revenues will pick that up and we'll be back positive probably um, certainly by the end of December. And then we've got uh, two more loan payments, one coming uh, in May and then in the future, I believe in August. Uh, so we're still on track to be positive for the end of this current fiscal year as the projections show so far uh, to date. So questions on that? Just keep Bob, doing what you want to add to that? No, I think Tom uh, covered it all. All right. Uh, projects committee, subcommittee, uh, no reports. No. Okay. Bob do that in part of his uh, manager's yeah. report. And then, um, okay, why don't we move on to uh, the manager's report? Uh, currently, we have uh, three executive hangers that are open. Um, we do have one person or a group of persons that are looking at renting one of them. Uh, that hasn't been confirmed totally. Uh, we do have an ad coming out in the Pacific Flyer uh, notifying the public that we have these hangers available and what amenities are involved. In addition to the executive hangar, we have one T hangar with a 39-foot door that's available that um, we should fill here within the next couple of weeks. Uh, the voltage regulator, which is part of AIP 23, the uh, purchase order is uh, circulating through City Hall and we should be ordering that within the next few weeks. Uh, it takes a lead time of eight weeks to get it uh, manufactured and shipped. Uh, we have our local electrician we use at the airport that will do the installing. So hopefully like um, March or April we'll have um, the full uh, gamut of pilot control lighting in place and we'll be able to go from um, a low when you first come on to high uh, doing seven clicks. If the existing uh, regulator goes out, what do we lose? The 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 lighting? It's not going to go out. <laughs> <laughs> the current regulator we have in place was donated to us by San Carlos. Uh, and so we need to return it to them? No, they gave it to us. Um, so we'll no, have that good. as a spare. Okay. Yes. Uh, if you'll notice on the way into the airport on the parking lot oval, uh, the new landscaping project that was completed, uh, that was from the Boy Scouts. Um, Jack Rausch's son was ahead of that as for his life project, and they worked um, several weeks in the design, and they worked uh, several weekends to make that happen. And um, we'll be writing them a letter thanking them for their um, their project and how it. Um, help the airport out quite a bit. It looks really nice. Yes, it does. Uh, this year's AIP, uh, we went and visited with uh, Bill Jin at the beginning of the month. Uh, Bill is retiring this year, so we'll be getting a new uh, project manager. I don't think we'll see a new one. I think we'll see one that's uh, currently there. We'll just uh, take on more responsibilities. Um, we have for this year coming up for 24, is the runway, um, there'll be some patching of the runway and some another SEAL project and uh, the aircraft or airfield guidance signs will be on that um, AIP. Uh, it was too late to apply and get uh, the total SEAL that we wanted. The FAA doesn't have any monies. <coughs> they will not have monies to fund our ramp projects, our taxiway projects and the overlay of the runway until after 2015. So we have to um, 
uh, make do with the regular entitlement grant of 150000 a year until that time. Um, we've had an ongoing problem since midsummer. Um, individuals coming to the airport after dark and um, drinking and breaking bottles and uh, chairs and other items at the airport. Uh, two weeks ago, we had it intensify a little bit where we had um, some light shot out and uh, the windscreen or the windshield on the truck uh, shot at. So the police haven't notified. We have filed a report and uh, we're doing our best to to monitor and stop it. Um, Are they making uh, increased patrols out at the airport at night? Right. On the ramp or on the air s or on the street side? Uh, I, I know they do it on the street side. I'm not sure about the ramp. Uh, okay. They certainly have done it in the past. Have any aircraft been damaged to your knowledge? No, not that I know of. Okay. Um, this weekend, some of you are hangar owners and notified that they're uh, replacing uh, the ballast <coughs> with low energy use and uh, the lights with a low energy use light. Uh, this is part of the council goals is to lower our um, use of electricity. Uh, this program is funded by PG&E. Uh, what will happen is we'll still be charged the regular rate that we nor normally would have been charged, but the difference will be used to pay off the cost of these uh, lamps and uh, uh, ballasts. And once this is paid off, then we'll be seeing the reduced cost for the airport. Uh, the next portion is going to be the ramp lights, which are the main uh, draw for the airport as far as usage. Uh, currently, Sonoma County has, is trying a new system, and if that works out, we're going to take a look at that, and we may uh, be utilizing, utilizing that ourselves. Do you have any idea what the payout period is to, to where we break even on the cost and then start actually seeing I don't savings. have that figure yet. I'll have that next time. Okay. Yeah. We had plans to do a crack seal on the west end of the ramp uh, where the new hangers look right in front of the new hangers. Um, unfortunately, it took a little longer to get um, get things going, so it's we're going to put it off until next spring when it dries out a little bit and, and uh, have a better job of sealing and taking hold. I uh, met with the our representative for our fuel system, our fuel supplier rather, and um, there currently is World Fuels who purchased Hiller Fuels who purchased Air Petro. Uh, what's happening is several years ago Chevron got out of the business of direct selling to vendors such as us. And now by May of next year, you will not see a Chevron-branded fuel uh, in aviation. Uh, Chevron will be making fuel, but uh, you'll see it in an unbranded uh, system. So we've had uh, two um, presentations to us as how we can buy our fuel in the future. Uh, there are several other uh, vendors out there which we'll be talking to and see uh, which program fits our needs the best. I did have a chance to talk to some of the subcommittee members about uh, what we've seen so far and uh, I hope by next meeting uh, I'll have a little better more information than I can uh, supply to the to the Commission and that's all I have at this time okay. <clears throat> that's all we have on the agenda so why don't we we'll start down down with Mike if comments 
Um, nothing further, and I intimated uh, earlier this is my last commission hearing, um, so if there's anything that you uh, guys ever need, uh, please let me know. And I know Tom and I have uh, had lunches together and outreach, and I appreciate that, so feel free to use me as that uh, resource as we transition to the next commissioner, but uh, you'll have a friend on the, the council still as well. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Mark? I'd like to thank um, Mike for his uh, participation in this uh, commission. And um, ag again, uh, a thank you out to the uh, veterans for whom this parade, you know, that we, we put on. And I'm looking forward to um, the subcommittee meeting coming up with some resolution to this so that in the future uh, we can have a uh, successful event um, at the airport. And that's it. Okay. The sound. Well, I'd just like to thank Joe and John for their work on that on that parade and that uh, that flying deal. That uh, that it's always a tough duty to uh, try and tell people uh, not to go where they want to go. And uh, I was there on Friday myself, and I felt like I was one of those people. So uh, <laughs> I uh, so I I, I decided. Uh, to not get in the way and 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 because uh, I don't know anything about moving airplanes around um, on on Saturday and Sunday, but I uh, just wanted to to say again thanks to you guys for for doing that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, I I just like to thank uh, again Bob and um, Joe and, and John for taking it up on their own to. Um, manage the event that we discussed tonight and I don't want anyone in the public or any of our tenants to think that somehow Petaluma Airport is uh, a hazardous operation. We have a very good record over the years uh, since our inception and that's what we want to do is maintain that and to Mike it's been great serving with you again. Um, I've got your email and phone number so we'll be in touch. <laughs> Uh, in closing, I'd like to say thank you, Mike. It's been a joy having you on the board and serving with you. Uh, you've always had insight and questions that I felt were very beneficial to this group. Uh, relative to the activities of a few weeks ago, um, I do want to say thank you to those people who volunteered their time and energies and concerns to ensuring that we got through it without any problems or uh, possibility of issues. I think we uh, did a great job for those who volunteered. It was a great uh, program. It just needs a little control. Uh, and it goes to show that there's a lot of good people who are involved at the airport who are more than willing to give their time and energies to keep what I think is the best little airport around and um, it's always a joy to work with those people because they are concerned they're knowledgeable and uh, they dedicate a lot of their time that people really don't realize what's going on um, so with, with that, I call this meeting to an end. <laughs>